word of the Lord tonight, and uh, I want to say again, ladies and gentlemen, we are living in such a beautiful time of miracles, and uh, the divine provision of God is upon us, and uh, I am so humbled by the gracious generosity of the Tree of Life Church, and uh, what, what is happening in our midst uh, last Sunday and the Sunday before that, uh, people just unprovoked, unsolicited, just giving of themselves, and we thank God for that. Amen. We're going to arrive at this place to build a new building for the glory of the Lord. With every step that we take, we get just a little bit closer, and we are coming upon that. So we're going to continue to keep you posted as to the details and our proximity to groundbreaking. Everybody say groundbreaking. I'm ready to break that ground. Amen. In Jesus' name, and we're looking forward to it. Before we go into the Word of the Lord, I want to say how happy we are to have Brother and Sister Enos home with us. Amen. Let's give them a great big hand. Thank the Lord. We're so happy that they are here with us, and uh, they were in Europe for a few weeks, and, uh, and the Lord blessed them while they were there, but we're glad they're home in Cincinnati, and, and they said they're glad to be home too. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. For them to be with us. Thank the Lord. We're going to look into the word of the Lord tonight, and uh, I want to speak to you on the subject of keys to victorious living. Keys to victorious living. We're going to take our, our scripture from the book of Romans, our foundational scripture for this study, and we're reading from the 14th chapter of the book of Romans and the 17th verse, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. The scripture says this, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want to concentrate our attention on these, this concept of the kingdom of God being righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome in this verse of Scripture lets them know that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. He spent the great portion of this chapter, Romans 14, uh, teaching them how to be mindful of one another's uh, weaknesses and being mindful of one another's needs. Uh, there are, it is true that there are many people who come from various walks of life into the church of the living God to serve him. And we all come from a world of sin. There's nobody in this place that just arrived here uh, ready-made uh, and perfect before the Lord. You and I come from a place of sin. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when we come into the great grace of God, we come into a place that is unfamiliar to us but we are born again, born of the water, baptism in Jesus' name, born of the Spirit, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And we come in as new creatures, having put away an old man and walking in newness of life. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And as we come into this newness of life and as new creatures, uh, we, we step into this with great, with great gladness. And yet there are ways that the devil would like to pull you back into the world from whence you came. And you and I must be mindful of those windows or triggers or what have you, little things that would try to entice you back from what God delivered you. And not only do you need to be mindful of the open windows and open doors that the devil tries to bring into your own life, the little triggers that he'll try to place in your path. The Bible calls them stumbling blocks. But you need to be mindful of others as well. Be mindful of what others have need of. It may not be a trigger for you. It may not be something that, that affects you or bothers you. But, but it may be something that takes them back to a place they don't need to go back to. And so you and I are are careful in our dealing with one another. Yes, we thank the Lord for our Christian liberty, that we're not under the law of sin and death, but that we're in the, under the perfect law of liberty. But at the same time, we practice wisdom and we practice discretion. And when we see that somebody is not uh, able to have uh, a particular thing, for instance, someone uh, said they can't have they can't have any proximity to a deck of cards because before they came to God they were a card shark and they don't want to see uno they don't want to see phase 10 they don't want to see skip bow you need to be mindful of that and if you don't have a problem with uno phase 10 or skip bow just don't play it around them don't deal them in amen what are you doing you're being mindful of what is a a trigger, if you please, or a stumbling block for them. That's what Paul was dealing with when he was talking about meat and drink in the book of Romans 14. He was saying that there are certain things that people uh, cannot participate in, cannot go to, cannot uh, be around because it affects their conscience and it affects their walk with God. And then he comes to verse 17 and he describes to us that we need to be aware of the fact, however, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not wrapped up in the things you don't do. There are things that we don't do, but the reason we don't do that is because we're not going to open ourselves up to a world that is filled with fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So we place parameters around ourselves, and we, we place guardrails around ourselves. And we say, I'm not going to go there, do that, be a part of that. I'm not going to open myself up to those things. And you're, you're, you're choosing to abstain from worldly lusts or fleshly lusts which war against the soul. You're choosing to abstain from all appearance of evil because the Bible teaches us to do that. And yet Paul is telling you that the kingdom of God is not in the meats that you do or don't eat, the drinks that you do or don't drink. It's not in the days you do or don't keep. It's not in all of your disciplines the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, as God is fulfilling in you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, He will help you to establish disciplines that create an environment 
where righteousness, peace, and joy can thrive. Many people get it mixed up and they celebrate their disciplines but don't have peace and don't live in joy. But the Bible is teaching us that the kingdom of God is righteousness. It is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to talk about that. But, but I want you to know that it's in that sequence. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, so ultimately where God wants to take you is joy. That's where God wants you to live. That's where God wants you to be. He wants you to have joy. Live in joy. Be in joy. Walk in the fullness of joy. You say, well, where can I find that? I'm glad you asked. Psalm 1611 tells us, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That's why we encourage people to be in the presence of the Lord. I, I, here in this place we felt the presence of the Lord as we began to sing that magnifying the name of Jesus Christ the joy of the Lord filled this house the joy of the Lord could be seen upon the faces of God's people but not only here that's why I made mention of the fact take it with you when you go wake up giving him praise go to bed giving him praise why because we want the presence of the lord to surround us at all times and to be in us because that's where there is joy god's intention is for you to live in joy god's intention is not just for you to live in peace peace is a wonderful thing but peace is almost a a, a place of of, it's a place of tranquility, but, but joy is a step beyond peace. Peace is a place of wholeness where, where you are at rest, where wars cease, where battles are, are won and put behind you. That's peace. Peace can occur even in the midst of the storm. But joy is a step beyond peace. Joy takes you into a a hilarity, if you please. It takes you into a place of overwhelming gladness and cheerfulness. You're not just in a place where war is absent, but you're in a place where joy thrives. That is the kingdom of God. You are not, hear me now, in the name of Jesus, and I intend by the presence and the grace of God to contend with whatever the enemy is trying to say to you. You are not to live in a place of depression or in a place of discouragement or in a place of heaviness. You are to live in a place of joy. Now, as I say that, you might say something like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll be happy. All right, I'll work on it. I'll try being happier. I mean, you can try that all you want, and, and, and best of luck to you, but, but the fact of the matter is joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It is something that is produced by the Holy Ghost. And, and what you need to do in order for it to grow in your life is not just try to somehow push a button or pull a lever and, and have happiness or joy, but you have to expose yourself to the thing that grows fruit in your life. So the seed, which is the Word of God, is planted in your heart. You expose that seed to the presence of the Lord the same way you would expose seed to sunlight and terrain, and you let that seed grow up before the Lord, and joy 
is the result of that. You can walk into the presence of God, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, give him praise, let him minister to you. And, and, and what you'll find is without even trying beyond that little exercise of praising his name, there will be a joy to come inside of you. And it will be of no fleshly effort except that you praise the Lord. This is why the book of Psalms is filled with admonitions to praise ye the Lord, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, to sing unto the Lord a new song. Listen, that's not God on an ego trip telling you, praise me, praise me, praise me more, more I say, praise me more and more and more. That's not God on some ego trip. He doesn't need us to praise him, to make him feel like he's being a good God. He's giving us praise as a gift to us. He knows what will give you victory over sadness, what will give you victory over discouragement, what will give you victory over depression and over fear and over doubt. If you'll praise me, praise him in the sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him. Praise him on instruments of music. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come before his presence with singing hallelujah enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise what is God doing God is giving you keys to victorious living he's telling you how to have joy it's not just emotion don't, don't be careful be careful when you criticize somebody's praise in fact don't criticize somebody's praise Michael tried that with David and it didn't work out so well for her. I don't know what happened there. I know she never gave birth again. I don't know if her womb was, was, was prevented from giving birth. I don't know if David and her just never were on the same page again after that. I don't know. But what I do know is that when she looked out the window and despised his praise, her life was changed from that day forward. God gives praise to us as a gift so where we can operate in the realm of joy and that's what the kingdom of God is all about. You're to have joy in your home, joy in your marriage, joy in your finances, joy in your body, joy in your mind, joy in your heart, in your relationships, joy, unspeakable joy. You can't even describe it, joy, full of glory, joy, joy like a river, joy. Hallelujah, joy. You even hear the name of God in it, the J-O-Y, joy. It's something that comes from the presence of the Lord. Thank the God. And so we, we, we look at this. The Bible is telling us that the, this is the kingdom of God. When you talk about the kingdom of God, you're talking about a place where no ravenous beast walks. You're talking about a place where there are streams in the desert. When you're talking about the kingdom of God, you're talking about a place where a rose blossoms in the wilderness. When you're talking about the kingdom of God, you're talking about a place where the wolf lies down with the lamb. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the thing that God has provided to us and for us. And what does that look like in practical terms? It looks like joy. Joy. Joyful noises. There are actual joyful noises that you can make. Not everything has to be a drudgery. Have you noticed you can express everything you need to express with a mere noise? How many, how many, 
You know I'm telling the truth. You know what this noise is. <sighs> you know what, that's not a joyful noise. <sighs> that's not a joyful noise. You can do more with a sigh and more with a rolling of the eyes and more with an exasperated expression of, of venting, venting something, breathing heavy. Make a joyful noise in front of your family. Make joyful noises in front of your home and, and wife and children and, and husband and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That doesn't mean you stop being human and you stop having emotions, but, but, but make sure that you are doing what you can to put yourself in an environment where joy thrives. And don't fall for the fake joy of this world. It's a pleasure that lasts for a season, and it will leave you empty and broken. But in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. It starts, or pardon me, it ends with joy. It begins with righteousness. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying is, the kingdom of God is not all of the disciplines and precautions that you take. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, in order to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, you, you do need to take precautions and you do need to practice disciplines. And the Lord will lead you and the teaching of the Word of God will help you to understand what those disciplines and precautions are. And the scriptures do provide that for us. But don't get it mixed up. God's, God's will for your life is not simply to box you into some area where you're very disciplined, but you're depressed out of your mind. God's will for you is to have joy. The disciplines are preventing you from the cancers that eat away at the joy. The, the precautionary measures that the Lord leads you into are precautionary measures that prevent you from stepping on landmines, if you please, that destroy the happiness of your soul. And we do it all the time. Our world is filled with little cancerous, radical ideas, concepts that eat at the joy that God has for your life. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Many people do not experience joy because they are not being deliberate about this process of righteousness, peace, and joy. It starts with righteousness. You can't come to a place of peace without righteousness. The opposite of righteousness is unrighteousness. You know self-righteousness, we talk about self-righteousness, which is when a person kind of puts themselves in a holier-than-everybody position and they see themselves as being righteous and others just simply don't measure up. We call that self-righteousness. Do you know self-righteousness is not a biblical term? There's righteousness and there's unrighteousness. We call it self-righteousness to make it not sound so, so bad as unrighteousness. But self-righteousness is not in a category of its own. It is unrighteousness. There is righteousness and there is unrighteousness. When we are not allowing the righteousness of God to permeate our mind and our being and our life and our lifestyle, then we are not allowing peace to settle in our lives. The reason we many times lack peace is because we lack righteousness. Being righteous 
is simply put, being right with God. When you don't and are not sure and certain that you are right with God, you don't have peace. It will eat at you. It will gnaw at you. It will, it will keep you awake. And you won't even know why. You won't even know why you're worried about certain things. Because you're not confident in the righteousness of God. And so we, we have to understand what is this righteousness. First of all, I, I mentioned there is no such thing as self-righteousness, although unrighteousness manifests itself many times as self-righteousness. But let's understand what true righteousness is. The Scripture teaches us that Christ is made unto us righteousness. Wisdom, redemption, sanctification, and righteousness. So when I talk about being righteous, I want you to, to know what I mean. I'm not talking about your righteousness or my righteousness. Yours and my righteousness is as filthy rags. Let's say that again. Is as filthy rags. You can't, you can't use your righteousness as the barometer for where you are in being right with God. The measuring standard of righteousness is Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. What, what do I mean by that? Let me explain. He lived the life you and I are supposed to live. He's the one who had perfect motives, perfect thoughts, perfect actions, perfect deeds, perfect response to the adversary, perfect response to temptation. He overcame all temptation. That was Jesus who did all of that. Jesus is our righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus is our righteousness. So when we talk about righteousness, we're talking about Jesus Christ. In order for me to be righteous, it's not because of all the good things I do. It's not because I have mastered the art of being righteous it is because I have placed my faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have turned from my sins. I have walked away from my unrighteousness and put my faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I am buried with him by baptism into his death, into his name. Thus I am now in Christ. And when he fills me with the Holy Ghost, Christ is in me. So there's, there's the concept of me being in Christ. That's baptism in Jesus' name. And there's the concept of Christ being in me. That's me being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's when the righteousness of God begins to take root in our life. And he begins to, to, to permeate all Areas and activity of our body, of our mind, of our motive. Our agenda is completely wiped clean and we take part only in the purpose and the providence of God. This is why Paul talked to the church at Rome about yielding the members of their body as instruments of righteousness. I'm trying to help you to understand how you can live the life that Jesus lived on this earth. There's a question. Anybody ever heard it? WWJD? What would Jesus do? This, I, I actually 
I actually like the, the term better, what did Jesus do? Because everything we need to do was already done in Jesus Christ. All we've got to do is be in him, let him be in us, and let his spirit act out in our life. It will be the spirit of Jesus Christ, a.k.a. the Holy Ghost, that will soften your words. It will be the spirit of Jesus Christ that will bring compassion into you for your fellow person. It will be the spirit of Jesus Christ that gets into the members of your body and actually stands as a bulwark against sin, which is a cancer to your peace and to your joy. So righteousness is where it's at. Righteous living, righteous thinking, righteous activity, righteous action, righteous faith. Living a life of righteousness will bring peace into your life. I want to just, I want to just look with you. There's a few verses of Scripture. The book of Proverbs uh, describes uh, some things about the righteous, you know, Proverbs uh, 21 and 12 said that the righteous considers the house of the wicked. The righteous man considers the house of the wicked. When righteousness is taking root in your life and operating in your life, you're in Christ, Christ is in you, you will consider the house of the wicked. Now, what does that mean? Considering the house of the wicked means you don't just take the bait set for you by the wicked. You consider what does the house look like? I'm not, I'm not just going to walk into any old activity that this world offers up as being uh, something of pleasure. I want to look at the fruit of that individual's life. And when you look at the individual's life, you see then it's not a path where you want to walk. You can look at Hollywood right now. And it is filled with people who have everything the world says will make you happy. But in actuality, they are unhappy. And they are filled with, with sadness and with shame. And, and, and it's a place of total debauchery. We need to pray that God would send a revival to that place. And deliver those people out of that bondage. But instead, many times, people are envious of the wicked. Do not be envious of the wicked. Consider the house of the wicked. Proverbs 28 and verse 1 says that the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. You want to know why that is? That is because the wicked have a conflicted conscience. And they are fleeing, and there's not even anybody running after them. I heard somebody say that's why they don't jog. It's because the wicked flee when no man pursues. I don't know about that, but, but that's what happens. Many times the wicked will imagine a thing, and they'll take off running. And they will be on constant lookout, wondering what, what's coming on the horizon and what, what's going to come after this next, after them next. And a paranoia sets in. They're fleeing, and there's nobody chasing them. 
what, what, then why are they fleeing? They're fleeing because in the back of their mind, there's an unresolved unrighteousness, or at least there's a lack of confidence in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you're putting your confidence in your own righteousness, you will always flee when no man pursues. You will never feel satisfied in your own righteousness. Your righteousness is incapable of taking you to heaven. Your righteousness is incapable of giving you peace or joy. But when you're settled in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Oh, hallelujah. This is why we exalt Jesus Christ at Tree of Life Church. We lift him up so that you can see him clearly. And we describe that he paid it all. And we describe, hallelujah, that he reconciles all things unto himself. We describe that he takes all of our sins and nails them to his cross because we're helping people be confident in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when you're confident in his righteousness, his righteousness begins to flow through you and translates itself as righteous living. And you then are bold as a lion. What prevents people from being bold as a lion is because they fear that whatever unrighteousness may exist in their life may be waiting for them to, to take them down. It's, it's, it's like Jacob and Laban. Jacob never was bold to leave Laban because he thought that Laban had something on him. He felt like his past would come back to haunt him. I, I deserve all of this that's coming my way. I, I, boldness is stamped out when unrighteousness prevails in our thinking. You don't have peace when unrighteousness prevails in our thinking. Proverbs 13 and 5 says, A righteous man hates lying. A righteous man hates lying. A righteous man does not see lying as a useful tool. He does not view lying as something that, that uh, you know, comes in handy every now and then. A righteous man hates it. There is nothing more destructive than a lie. A lie is so destructive. You want to know why? Because it is a total violation of your conscience. Word is truth. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Word is truth. When a word is spoken, it is true. When a word is spoken and it is not true, it is such a violation of the human condition. It is, it is, it is the thing that has so devastated society. One lie after another is told to people, one individual after another is subjected to the, to the, the terrible uh, effects of lying, and they participate in lying, but a righteous man hates lying. It's not something that he tolerates. Proverbs 10 and verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. A well of life. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. It is a wellspring where life flows. It's not a well of put-downs, insults. It's not a well of hurtful speech. It's not a well of hateful dialogue. It's not a well of gossip. It's not a well of, of lying. It is a well of life. Bless those who come in contact with you. 
Take the opportunity when you meet somebody, talk with somebody, to bless them. That's righteousness in action, to speak the word of life to them. Lift them up. You have no idea what they faced before they encountered you. Don't bring your bad day into that conversation, but speak life unto them. That's what the mouth of the righteous will do. Now, when the Old Testament talks about the righteous, it's talking about Jesus. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. The mouth of Jesus is a well of life. A righteous man hates lying. Jesus hates lying. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but Jesus is bold as a lion. The righteous man considered the house of the wicked. Jesus considered the house of the wicked. Even, the Bible says, that the righteous man will regard the life of his beast. A righteous man does not engage in, in this activity of being cruel. This isn't the way that a righteous individual acts. And so righteousness is something that takes over our life. And when it does, it brings peace into your mind. It brings peace into your home. Because what brings a lack of peace is unrighteousness. So if you want peace in your life, say, Lord, I need righteousness. I want to be right with you. I want my actions and my talk and my life to be something that is right in your sight, not something that is unrighteous. Somebody said, how does an individual have great authority? An individual can have great authority when they don't believe there's something that diminishes that authority. And what can diminish that authority is unrighteousness. And it will cause them, prevent them from speaking out in boldness and, and speaking out in the name of the Lord and in the fear of God because of unrighteousness in their life. Righteousness gives you power with God. The scripture says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you know that so many people, when they go to pray, often pray and think in the back of their mind, why would God hear my prayer? Many times they pray and they think, well, Lord, I hope you'll hear me. Because I don't know that I'm even worthy of being heard. As a matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why we, we want certain people to come and pray. It has to be this person. They have to come and pray. Like you've got a different Holy Ghost than they do. Like you've got the knockoff Holy Ghost. And that they've got this super Holy Ghost that they went, you know, they, they, really, they really found the real deal. And you got something else, but... But no, 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 you've got to understand your faith is in Jesus Christ. And when you pray, pray with boldness, pray with faith, pray with confidence. And if there is something in you that makes you think, I don't know if the Lord's going to hear this because I've got a, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted here. I've got, I've got a little something in my life that, that probably should have been resolved before I faced this need and prayed this prayer. You bring that to God. And say, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I need you to wash me. I need you to cleanse this. I need you to, to help me with this, Lord. Help me to turn away from this. Hallelujah. You bring that to God and let righteousness have its way in your life. 
Oh, hallelujah. And God will hear your prayer. God will respond to your prayer. God responds to the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. One of the great passages of Scripture. Look what the word of the Lord says in Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, you and I, being filled with the Holy Ghost, walking in the Spirit, you and I have experienced perfect peace before. But we almost come in and out of it because of where our mind is. Our mind, when it is stayed on the Lord... We are kept in perfect peace. Hallelujah. How many have ever been there before where, where you made a joyful noise just, ah, that's the right kind of sigh. That's the sigh you want. That's the right sigh of the equation. You want to be on that side of things. Never mind. I, I digress. You want to be on the side of being at peace. And having tranquility and serenity in your mind. And you've come in and out of that here and there. But the scripture says the Lord will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. It is when our mind drifts from him that we begin to go into an area of no peace, worry, doubt, confusion, dread, fear. That's when we begin to drift. As long as our mind is stayed upon the Lord, He keeps us in perfect peace. When your mind drifts off of the Lord, your mind drifts onto areas and matters of unrighteousness. It drifts to things, you know, you got to be careful with, with reading the news. You know, the Bible says, watch and pray. And somebody said, well, I'm going to watch and pray. i got to watch what's going on in my world and then pray. All right, that's fine. But you need to pray more than you watch. It's all right to understand what's going on in your world, and we got a lot going on in our world right now. But you need to pray more than you watch. Don't let this culture drag you down. Don't let what's going on in our society drag you down. You need to stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused on the mind of God. And when you stay focused on the mind of God, He will keep you in perfect peace. Hallelujah. That staying on Him, staying focused on Him, that is righteousness. The old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I love that term, strangely dim. Because they used to be blaring. They used to, they used to be effervescent in neon lights. It's all you could think about were the things of this world. But something happened when you turned your eyes upon Jesus. Something happened when you kept your mind on Him. And you say, well, I, I have ADD. I have trouble keeping my mind upon the Lord. Well, well, ask Him to help you. He will help you. Ask Him to help you keep your mind upon Him. Say, Lord, I need you to help me keep my mind on you. 
and God will help you keep your mind on him. Notice what the scripture says concerning the Lord. The Lord, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. He won't keep himself in perfect peace. The Lord will keep him in perfect peace. It's not going to be something where he, he's got his mind in like a steel trap. I'm so focused. I'm so disciplined. There's nothing that can distract me. No, no. It is the Lord that keeps him in perfect peace. The Lord helps him to anchor his mind upon the Lord. The part that you play is making sure what you bring to your mind is of the Lord. The windows to the mind or the ears the eyes, so what you're watching, what you're hearing, needs to be of the Lord. When it's not of the Lord, when it's not of the Lord, your peace is, is in jeopardy. But when you are stayed on Him, stayed on the Lord, keeping your mind upon the Lord, righteousness begins to exalt you. Do you know the scripture says righteousness exalteth a nation? Our nation needs a revival of righteousness. That's what will exalt our nation, is a revival of righteousness. Righteous fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Righteousness exalts a nation, and that's true of people. Righteousness will exalt you. Righteousness will exalt me. Don't participate in unrighteousness. One of my Sunday school teachers used to say it all the time, and I remember it. It, it, it reverberates in my mind. It put the fear of God in me then and now and forevermore. Be sure your sins will find you out. Oh, hallelujah. You better get that down deep in your spirit. Don't be thinking you're going to do something behind the scenes and, and get away with it. Unrighteousness will tear you down. But righteousness will exalt you. Righteousness will put you in a right positioning with God and it will give you peace and you will know I'm right with God. The Lord is for me and if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm right with the Lord and that righteousness brings peace and that peace brings joy. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It comes in the morning. Joy is not something that you are able to go buy off the shelf. Joy is something that comes to you. It is something that arrives at your location. It, it comes to you. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And this is what we come to expect in the process of righteous living, having peace, and living in the joy of the Lord. Oh, thank God. From the book of Hebrews, we're going, to, we're going to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm coming to a close momentarily. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 11. I want to point out to you what the scripture says about the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12 and verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. And everybody can say amen to that. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. If you had a, a good parent that chastened you in the present moment, it did not seem joyous. In fact, it seemed grievous. Nevertheless, 
afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. The peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Righteousness is the, is the foundation. Peace is the fruit of righteousness. And joy comes even in the chastening, during the chastening that does not seem to be joyous. It does not seem to be joy. In fact, it seems to be grievous. How many have ever been chastened and it felt grievous unto you? Amen. When the Lord chastens you, it feels grievous unto you. When the man of God chastens you, it feels grievous unto you. But afterward, if you let the chastening have its way, afterward, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God. Afterward, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And if the Lord does not chasten you, he doesn't love you. And don't try to say you're his child if you won't let him chasten you. The Lord loveth whom he chasteneth. The Lord considers them a child of his whom he chasteneth. And I love it when the Lord will speak my name in correction. Because when somebody comes to me and, and, and my spirit may, be not be, may not be in a position of receiving it, I can have, have a certain reaction. But when the Lord speaks my name, oh hallelujah, he has a way of speaking my name and humbling me. And there's something about him doing it because he knows everything there is to know about me. Hallelujah. And when he begins to chasten you and correct you, he brings you into alignment with his word. And you can know that there will be fruit to come of this. And the fruit will be peace. And the fruit will be joy. It is the fruit of righteousness. Glory to God. Live righteous. Pray unto the Lord. Magnify God in your home. Let the word of God be your guide. Live a life, thank the Lord, that is reflective of the Lord Jesus Christ. And peace will come to you. How many need peace in your life? I need some honest folks now. If you need some peace right now in your life, I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I need peace in my life. If you need joy in your life, I need you to just lift your hand to the Lord. Come on, lift both hands unto the Lord and say, Lord, I need joy, I need peace. I need joy, and I need peace. And I'm telling you, it starts with righteousness. It starts with righteousness. Glory to God. Let's stand to our feet right now, and let's say, Lord, if there's anything in me that needs to be corrected, anything in me that needs to be turned, God, I give it to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I hold nothing back. I want to live righteous before the Lord. I want to be a child of God who lives in the righteousness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is why I often will tell you, hey, if you, if you have a need in your life, always start with repentance. Always start with repentance. What, what, why? Why start with repentance? Because repentance is the way back to righteousness. And no matter what you're facing, regardless of what you're facing, let repentance lead you back to the foundation of righteousness. That's where peace and joy grow, is in the garden of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. 
Can we do it right now? Can we just say, Lord, anything in me that needs to be more like you, hallelujah, let it happen right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Lord, I give to you all of my inconsistencies. I give to you all of my fleshly ways. I give to you all of my temperament problems. I give you all of my doubt. Lord, I give you all of the, my actions and reactions that result from shame in my life. I give all of that to you, Lord. I want righteousness to flow from my deeds, my manners, my behavior. Lord, let my mouth be a well of life. Hallelujah. Let me be bold as a lion. Let me walk in the authority of the righteousness of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I don't want to be conflicted by anything in my life that is not like you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whatever is trying to steal your peace, I want you to give it to God right now. Come on, let's take a moment and do that right now in the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. We're going to sing unto the Lord. We're going to lift up his name in praise. In the name of Jesus, just let, let all of that be released unto the Lord right now. Anything that's trying to steal your peace, release it right now. Don't wait for it to, to get better. Release it to God right now. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to dread. I'm going to release it unto the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you are my righteousness. I'm not going to let the devil beat me over the head over past mistakes or failures. I'm not going to let the devil beat me over the head with what potentially could go wrong. You are my righteousness. And I trust in you. And I'm going to be at peace. And I'm going to have joy. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, it's time to live victorious. It's time to live victorious. I want you to have a key tonight to unlock a door to victorious living. Righteousness is a key to give you victorious living. Don't expect, hey, don't expect to give in to your carnal appetites, then have peace and joy. Don't expect to give in to your fleshly lusts and then have peace and joy. If you're giving in to these things, you're going to lack peace in your mind. You're going to lack joy in your relationships. Peace and joy flow from righteous living. Oh, hallelujah. That's how God wants, God wants you to have this. John chapter 10, verse 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's righteousness. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Did you hear the words of Jesus? He said, I don't want you just to have life. I want you to have it. He didn't just say, I want you to have it abundantly. He said, I want you to have it more abundantly. Oh, glory to God. Are you, are you living that life? 
Are you living that more abundant life? Come on, it's time to step out of whatever doldrums you've allowed yourself to fall into. It's time to step out of whatever doubt, whatever discouragement. And if you can't reach it, say unto the Lord, God, I need your help right now. Lord, I need your help right now. I need to climb up out of this struggle. And I need to live an abundant life, abundant life, righteous living. Come on, we're going to live righteous in the name of Jesus. We're not going to play games with God. We're not going to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. We're going to live righteous so we can have peace and we can have joy. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven right now and let the Lord do a work in our hearts. Let the Lord do a work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, help us right now. Oh, God, help us right now. I I need to say something to us right now. There is a dangerous doctrine loose throughout our nation and throughout our world and even in Christian circles. The dangerous doctrine uh, that, that morality is not as important as it used to be. That morality, when you focus on morality, you're focusing on the wrong thing. I, 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 I know that we are saved by grace through faith. I know that. The Bible teaches that. But if you think that you will not express a moral lifestyle when God gets a hold of you, you must know morality will be a result of God getting a hold of your life. Don't let anybody tell you that morality isn't defined like it used to be. That it's, that it's a, I'm okay, you're okay. And we need to be accepting of immoral or amoral behavior or lifestyles. No, there is a moral power that comes upon us. And we know it's not by our righteousness. Because if you were to take the Holy Ghost out of us, we'd be right back to where we were. The dogs and the pigs we always were. But when God puts His Holy Ghost inside of us, there's a holiness. There's a righteousness. There's a purity. There's a godliness. If you take the blood of Jesus off of us, we'll go right back to the carnivorous ways we used to practice. Oh, God. But Lord, God, help us right now. Lord, God, help us right now. Let there be a purity. Let there be a purity. Let there be a holiness. Let there be a godliness. Let there be a righteousness. We can't achieve it on our own. God, let righteousness, let righteousness flow like a stream in our lives. Let righteousness flow like a stream in our homes. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. All across this house, before we go, lift up your hands unto the Lord with me right now and say, God, help me. Help me to be righteous before you. Help me to be righteous before you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Everybody, everybody, let's let's seek God right now. Let's seek God right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's seek God right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your spirit to move in my life. Hallelujah. I need your spirit to move right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It's what I need, Lord. Righteousness is what you want. What you want for me, yes, Lord.
Hallelujah. Not for me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take my heart, take my heart, and mold it. Take my mind, take my mind, transform. Righteousness is not righteousness is not only found in the things we don't do. Righteousness will cause you to abstain from things. But righteousness is also found in the things we do. Righteousness is found in the love that we show. Righteousness is found in the the gentleness and the goodness and the peace that we offer to others. I pray that we will take the righteousness of God, hallelujah, and go out into this world and do what is right. Do what is right before the Lord. Do what is right before the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's lift up a praise unto the Lord again. Lord God, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, it is your...